Welcome to the Giants Huddle. Get him in the huddle. Get him in the huddle. Get him in the huddle. A New York Giants podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle podcast, which you can hear on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform. We're now joined by a very special guest, one of the new additions to the Giants secondary veteran safety, Antoine Bethay. Antoine, greatly appreciate the time. How's everything today? Man, good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you're heading into year 14 in the National Football League in the midst yeah. of the offseason program. I'm curious, you've worked with a variety of teams, you've worked with a variety of players. What's the mindset of someone like you, who's been such established in this league, versus a rookie in terms of their approach to OTAs and mandatory minicamp? I think for me, um, my biggest thing is just, um, like you said, being a uh, my first year with the team is just to, to come in and um, get my feet wet. Um you know, uh, learn the guys around me, um, how to play off uh, off the guys that's going to be around um, around me, uh, the guys that's going to be on the field at the same time. Um, <clears throat> normally, uh, one main focus would be to um, to come in and really <clears throat> get into the playbook, learn the terminology. But being that, you know, I played in the system with Betch um, a few years ago. I'm coming here. The terminology was the same. The scheme was the same. So it, that wasn't really something I really needed to harp on. But so for me, um, it's just really like, okay, um, how does Rabbit like to play? You know, how does um, Pep like to play? So that that was really the biggest thing for me, like coming into the spring. Well, you just brought up Jabril Peppers, who you'll be lining up alongside at safety. He's entering year three in the league. What is the relationship, the give and take right now between the two of you? Man, the relationship is good. I think. Um, I think we hit it off um, on the right terms, um, knowing, you know, obviously I'm a fan first, so um, obviously knowing um, his style of play and you know, what he's most comfortable at. And for me being a, <clears throat> a vet, you know, I can I can let him do his thing and then I can, I can do my thing. So um, it's going to be fun playing alongside him this year. I always think the dynamics between a veteran and a relatively young player, because as I mentioned, Peppers is only in year three, is interesting because if you go back to your first year in the NFL, Antoine, mm-hmm. I mean, you had Bob Sanders yeah. next year in Indianapolis. I mean, having the influence of an established veteran like that, what does that do for a young player? I, it gives you confidence on the field. <clears throat> gives you confidence on the field. I know for me, speaking um, on my behalf, knowing that you know I had a veteran, a veteran safety, uh, one of the best safeties at the game at the time. Um, Really, it just let me be comfortable um, being who I was on the field, being that it was my first year, um, and let him <laughs> really do all the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but again, like you said, um, it, it's definitely give and take with a young and a, and a veteran safety. Um, and one thing, you know, um, on my end, I could teach um, Jabril some things. And then also being that young safety, he can keep me on my toes as well. So it's definitely going to be a, a give and take. And and like you said, it was kind of that same relationship uh, uh, with me and Bob uh, my first year. The fact that you have experience being moved around, you've played free safety, you've played strong safety. What does that do for you at this stage of your career? Um, <clears throat> it's in, it enables me to to um, to really continue to play. Um, it doesn't really pigeonhole myself like oh he all he can do is play in the post. Um, so it, it, it really enables me to to be able to play um, that safety role, not just a strong safety or free safety, but play that the totality of the safety position. And um, that's one thing that, you know, we, we well, I, you know, even coaches tell you it's the more that the more you can do, the longer you'll be able to play in this um, play in this league. So that's something that, um, you know, I've, I've hold close 
um, to my heart since I've been in this league. Well, and your production has remained steady. You've also been extremely durable, averaging at least 13 games a season. What do you attribute to that, Antoine, as to why you've been able to stay on the field? Man, a little bit of luck. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of luck. Um, um, I'm blessed. Um, and then also, you know, taking care of myself um, off season and during the season, you know, working out hard, um, trying to eat, um, trying to eat good and, you know, stretching and massages or whatever the case may be, whatever I need to do to be able to stay on that field. As um, as um, when I first came in the league, the guys used to say the best ability is your availability. So absolutely. Um, so that's something that, you know, I still hold on to this day. I always get a chuckle out of this, and I'm sure you are probably tired of hearing it, but I know since you've met with the media a few times here in New York, Antoine, there must be a record in how many times they bring up your age to remind you, (laughs) and I'm sure you're getting tired of hearing it, but the reason I bring it up, as I mentioned, your production has remained steady. Do you have a chip on your shoulder at this point, even late in your career, where you want to quiet those skeptics who constantly bring up the age factor? I mean, a part of me does, but then a part of me doesn't. You know, uh, I think that's just a a cop-out. Oh, you're getting old. Like that's a cop out. Like so, if that's the if that's the first thing that you're gonna bring up, then <clears throat> so be it. You know, um, it's all about your production on the field. So that's where I'm kind of coming at it with. You know, if I was, <clears throat> if I was my third year in the league and I wasn't producing, I'd be out the league. So even though it's year 14, I'll be 35 this year. Um, if I wasn't producing on the field, I would be out of the league. So, to me, all that matters is production. So, you know, for the people who are saying, oh, he's old, I mean, so be it. I mean, how unfair, though, do you think that label is? Just in general. I know the athlete has a different lens than the media, the fans. But is it unfair that somebody who's such a veteran is always synonymous with, well, you know, maybe the end of their career is coming sooner rather than later, as opposed to, hey, maybe they're still in the peak of their career? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Father Father Time is undefeated. So for 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 the average fan or somebody in the media to say that, hey, I mean... They have all the right to say that because Father Time is undefeated. Sometime within the year two or three or four, you know, I'm going to have to bow out just because, you know, this is young man's league. But um, <clears throat> it's an individual uh, basis. You know, you got to take every guy and look at that individual and determine that based upon that individual. I just think the media and fans say, oh, it's not too many 35-year-old safety that's played in the league. It's not too many... 14 year safeties that's played in the league. So, and take, you know, they take a 14 year safety who's going to be 35 and say, oh man, he can't do it. But like I said, um, it's all about production. Well, and speaking of production, one of the things that James Betcher brought up when he recently addressed the media, Antoine, which I found very interesting, that he feels the defense now entering year two. I know you were in it within Arizona, but year two for the nucleus of this defense is getting to the point where conversations are so advanced in the film room that you're anticipating, okay, what is the offense going to throw the way of the defense as opposed to just focus on maybe peripheral X's and O's? How valid is that? And what are the conversations I'm like now? It's, it's very valid. Um, <clears throat> just like um, uh, you say like a, a player in the league, um, they take their biggest jump from year one to year two. You know, and um, I think that's the same as far as when you were in a um, in a scheme. Um, obviously, it was their first year last year, so you know it was things that you know guys were getting used to um, seeing things differently. So um, having a whole year in the system and then coming off year two, like Beth said, you know it's not about um, the first year. The question might have been a, 
about the scheme or what am I supposed to do if um, we get this formation? But now it's about, okay, well, since we, we know we're in this formation, I know I have this, but say hypothetically we get this route, um, can we do this instead of doing that? You know, so those are the type of conversation that we're having. Um, and it's good where it's coming from from different people. It's coming from a linebacker or it's coming from a corner of safety or it's coming from the D-line. So now you can really tell that, you know, guys are really honed in and zeroed in on what we have to do defensively. But um, to make that, um, to turn that into, okay, well, trying to predict what the offense is going to do and how we can change it and give the offense different looks, um, that speaks volume about, you know, how, how comfortable the guys are on the defense. From your experience being in multiple defenses amongst different teams and coordinators, how rare is that? Or, or when does that normally register where you see these type of advanced conversations? Well, these advanced conversations come when, you know, guys are comfortable. They're playing. They've played with one another for a few years. So for us to be in that, um, having these conversations and, um, in year two, that's where your good defenses become great, you know. Um, so... I'm pretty sure, like when 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 Ed Reed and Ray Lewis and was at the Ravens, these are the type of conversations that they were having. When Brian Urlacher and the guys, um, Peanut Tillman were in, um, in in the Bears with the Bears, these are the conversations that they're having. So um, that that's uh, indicative of a, of a great defense. How much does the presence of yourself, Kareem Martin, Olson Pierre, Marcus Golden, help in these advanced discussions? Considering you all have familiarity with the scheme. Um, it, it helps, but then again, you know, you can't take away the, um, you know, the guys that were here last year. Um, obviously, they had, you know, had to go through some some growing pains. So I'm um, obviously uh, learning from those growing pains, and then coming back and having a whole year under their belt. Um, I just think it's, um, it benefits the whole room having guys that's that's been in this system. I was looking up your last few seasons, Antoine, and I mean to be reunited with James Betcher, I'm sure is somewhat refreshing because correct me if I'm wrong 2013 Greg Minuski in Indianapolis yep. 2014 Vic Fangio San Francisco yep. 2015 Eric Mangini San Francisco then yep. Jim O'Neill yep. your last season okay you get Betcher in Arizona in 17 yep. Al Holcomb in 2018 <laughs> you're back with Betcher so yeah. that's been six defensive coordinators right. Antoine <laughs> in the span of six of the previous seasons yep, yep. what is that like man I mean you, you it depends how you want to look at it. You know, you can look at him like, man, it's a, it's a lot of disarray. You know, six six defensive coordinators, six different personalities, um, six different schemes um, in six years. Or you can look at it and say, well, it's six different people that has di six different um, outlooks on different type of defenses where I can I can pick different things from each coordinator and, and incorporate into my game. And um, as far as gain knowledge from these, uh, these six different coordinators who – or smart guys so it just depends on how you look at it and i just you know i i like to take the positives out of everything so you know six different coordinators and six different years that was just more um you know more knowledge from these different guys that's been in the league where like i said like i said i can um, incorporate to my game and also pass off to the younger guy. Well, and, and that brings me to the young nucleus in the secondary because you brought up Janoris Jenkins, but let's face it, Antoine, outside of Janoris Jenkins, it's a lot of youth because yeah. the Giants invested in a lot of young corners. So how valuable of an asset do you become as not just a teammate, mm -hmm. but sort of as a mentor and a teacher type of role? I mean, I think as a, as a veteran, you kind of, even if you don't want to take that role, it kind of, it, it comes with it. Um, and, and being that guy in a room where, um, and even on the field, you know, you can you can be that mentor. You can um, pull a guy to the side and give him pointers, you know, not only on the field but off the field, dealing with different issues 
um, whether it could be relationship, uh, family members, money, or whatever the case may be, because we've all gone through it. So um, definitely, you know, um, um, stepping up to being that mentor on and off the field is something that, you know, uh, comes with the role and um, something that I don't, you know, shy away from. You just referenced family. I know you recently wrote a book, Bet on Yourself, Inside the Mind of the Ultimate Underdog, and you talk a lot about the influence family had on your professional career as well as your personal life. Yeah. What type of impact and what type of mark did that leave on man, you? Man, all, all positive, you know, all positive stuff, man. Um, you know, <clears throat> being that, my, you know, my dad was military. Um, my mom, you know, her, um, her, health, her health scares, um, you know, through my life. Um, so just, you know, taking positive outlooks on everything. Um, my brother's going through, you know, um, life and death situations as well. So, man, um, you know, all those things that I can just really um, bring into into the football world. Like, you know, this is a, a game that you love, a game that you cherish. You know, don't take it for granted. It could be gone um, at any time. So um, definitely, you know, the, the, the family um, is, is one of the, the, the pillars in my life that I hold on to strong. How much was that motivation in telling that side of your story in helping to write this book last year? I mean, it was it was it was important, you know. Um, and like I tell everybody, everybody asks me, you know, what was your um, uh, motivation to write this book? And I'm like, you know, everybody has a story to tell, so why not tell it? Um, you not you don't know who who it can touch, um, who can gain some some positive insight from you telling your own story. So um, I said, why not do it? Well, and part of it also taps into your upbringing in Newport News, Virginia. And mm -hmm. I was reading, you played football and basketball, Antoine, in high school, and didn't receive one single scholarship. Nope. Why did that <laughs> become an issue, you think, for you? Man, I was, uh, honestly, I was 5'10", 170 pounds, playing middle linebacker. So, you know, obviously, when you if <clears throat> a scout comes in, it's, uh, you know, I really never played DB. It was always linebacker. Um, and that was my thing. So, you know, it was just one of those things that I just didn't um, receive any, any offers. But, you know, like, again, everybody has a story to tell. Um, everybody can't go down that same road. I went down my road, and it was the best road for me. Um, so it was just one of those things that I look back on it. You know, at the time, I was salty, but, you know, it, <laughs> it worked out for me. Oh, it did indeed in terms of what you've been able to produce on the NFL level. I'm curious. Was it tough to decide between football and basketball, or did you always have your heart settled on football? Nah, my, my first love was, was and is basketball. You know, that was my thing. So growing up, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to UNC on, on a basketball scholarship. <laughs> that was my thing. But I had a um, I had a, uh, my football coach, man. He was my um, he was actually my history teacher, man. And one 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 day. Um, we used to always have those talks. You know, he was one of those guys in the hallways that was always pull you to the side and have those real talks with you. He went to uh, went to college on a football scholarship, and um, he was like, "Look, Twan, I know you love basketball, but um, you know, football could be your could be your be your ticket." And you know, I really didn't really, you know, how you young guy, you know, you, you here it goes in one end, out the other. But it was one of those things where it kind of, and this was my sophomore year, but, you know, my junior year, um, you know, was playing really well. And it was kind of one of those things like, man, he might be right. So even though I didn't get that scholarship at the beginning, um, again, you know, he, he, he put that birdie in my, put that birdie in my ear and um, kind of set me on that path. And you ultimately received an opportunity at Howard. Mm -hmm. What was the mindset when you first entered Howard in order to grasp that scholarship eventually? Well, you know, 
Uh, Coach Petty, he was um he was actually the defensive coordinator at Norfolk State, um and he was recruiting me at Norfolk State. He ended up getting a head coaching job at Howard. When he got that head coaching job at Howard, um it was kind of late in the game. So when he got that head coaching job, you know the previous coaching staff had kind of brought guys in. So you know really didn't have that many um scholarships left. So he said, look, what I can do, I can give you um you know a little bit of money for some books. And meals, but everything else you have to really, really pay for. So I said, okay, well, my my mentor's my <clears throat> mentor's always been, you know, give me an opportunity, I'm gonna make the best of my opportunity. So um, he said, you know, if you work hard, you do what you're supposed to do that second year, you can. Uh, we'll see about that scholarship. You know, I did everything I needed to do my first year. Um, offer me a scholarship my second year, my sophomore year. And, the rest is history. Well, and I think that speaks volumes, Antoine, in terms of what education and the opportunity receiving that provided for you, not just in your professional life, but your personal life. Because mm -hmm. I believe you also run a foundation yeah. where you now give back and allow high school students yeah. the exposure to college through tours. Yeah, I man. mean, what has that experience been like? So it, it's been great. You know, um, again, you know, it's always been a situation for me. If I get the opportunity, I'm going to give back. So I love to give back to my to my uh, my neighborhood, uh, the community that I grew up in. So, uh, one of the things my foundation is, um, you know, but they family foundation. Um, so, one of the things is just you know giving back to kids that want to do uh, continue their education after high school. So, um, this year we was able to um, award two students with uh, five two uh, two five thousand dollars scholarships. Um, nice. They're going off to college. So, any 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 little part can help. Any little bit can help. And I. I know that because, you know, my first year in college, it was a struggle for my parents, you know. So um, any, any little thing I can do to help, um, I know it goes a long way. I know you don't necessarily do these things for publicity. Clearly, yeah. you just spoke of your passion. But in a day and age, Antoine, where maybe fans, media focuses so much on football production, how important is it for some of the focus to return to what players like yourself are actually doing off the field? Yeah, I think that's the most important thing because um, – you know, um, as athletes, we are role models. You know, even if we don't want to accept that that title, but we are role models. You know, people look up to us. Um, so, you know, like you said, I mean, so so many people put so much emphasis on um, what we do inside the lines. You know, that's just our job. That's just what we do. It's not who we are. So a lot of the, a lot of the guys that's in the NFL do a lot of great work in the community, and um, I don't think uh, I don't think it's highlighted enough of what guys do um, do off the field and um, the impact that they have in their uh, respective communities. Yeah, because the impact off the field sometimes is just as important of what you do on the field. And that brings me back to the football side of things. Unique that you had the ability to win a Super Bowl, Antoine, yeah. as a rookie. Right, right. <laughs> Many guys go through 14 years. They don't even have a chance yeah, to get a taste yeah, of that. It, 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 I, I, that spoiled me, man. It spoiled <laughs> me, you know, getting a ring my, my rookie year. But it was a, a, a great experience. And then you ultimately went to another one, unfortunately mm -hmm. lost to the Saints. But the experience of going to two in the span of your first four years in the league, yeah. how important was it to remain sort of open-minded, big-picture perspective that this is unusual for most <laughs> players to do that? But um, one thing, um, the, the, the core group of guys and the coaches that I was around at that time, they made sure that, you know, we knew that, you know, with Coach Dungy, Coach Caldwell, you know, with uh, Peyton Manning, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, we had some 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 Hall of Famers, you know, all all across the board. We had some Hall of Famers. So um, one thing that <clears throat> they always did was keep things in perspective. And um, 
obviously, you know, those years were some golden years for the for the for the coach, but like I said, they kept things in perspective and just let everybody know, like, you know, don't take this for granted. And um it's it's funny that you say that because my first I wanna say my eight years with the coach, we went to playoffs seven times. Um, and haven't been back since. So, yeah. you know Well maybe you were the secret ingredient, Antoine. Hey, hey you know, maybe. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, we'll get we'll make that run this year here with uh with the with the Giants. Well and Related to that, before I let you go, you're probably an answer to a unique trivia question. Not many players have had the opportunity to play with Peyton Manning, right. and then all of a sudden, his brother Eli Manning. Right. From your recent interaction with Eli, how much of a similarity do you see, perhaps, from your time with Peyton? I would say the the, the biggest thing, and I've been asked this question a few times since I uh, signed with the, uh, with the Giants, is that um, attention to details. I think um, I think that's why they've played in the league so long at, at such a high level is uh very detail oriented you know i know um, peyton was really really detailed and um just you know looking at eli and analyzing eli you know um you know even team meet room and on the field very detail oriented so um obviously that's um a, a big a big part of uh why why they've been successful well, and certainly you have had great success wherever you've gone, trying to do the same thing here with the New York Giants. Antoine, really appreciate the oh, time. Man, no great problem. to get in you know you better here on the latest Giants Huddle Podcast. Thanks oh, so much. Thank you. You can listen to the Giants Huddle Podcast on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platform. I'm Lance Meadow. We'll speak to you next time.